0: Hello and thanks for tuning in. I am that nerd dad, Joe Williamson, and this is that nerd dad podcast where we talk parenting, pop culture, and politics. Uh, This week's show, uh, we're going to talk Halloween. We're going to talk where the hell am I? Because I'm not in my usual location again. uh, We got pumpkin patch anxiety. That's a fun one. And uh, look, I, I guess I got to talk about Elon Musk taking over Twitter, don't I? Seems like everyone's talking about it. It's, uh, it's something we have to address, so we'll talk about that as well. Before I dive into everything, just want to ask you real quick, wherever you're watching or listening to this, there's probably a subscribe button. Hit that for me. Uh, five-star thumbs-up review of some kind, greatly appreciated. Comments are always welcome. Uh, I just like the engagement. I just like talking to you, so... By all means, do that, and uh, let's get into the show. Are you listening? Damn. Uh. Okay, so let's let's address the elephant in the room. First off, where the hell am I uh, now? Most of you don't watch this. Most of you listen to this, but there's a uh, forty or fifty of you that watch so you might be wondering where is joe joe's at his mom's joe's in his mom's basement joe probably doesn't sound the same joe doesn't have the same mic on today um joe's mom broke her hip (laughs) about four days ago um kind of a freak accident uh she was watching my three-year-old uh he was running around her she kind of tripped on him fell backwards and broke her hip in three places, so she is she's in rough shape. She had surgery. The doctor said while it was bad, uh, it could have been a lot worse, <laughs> and she got very lucky in a lot of ways. So we are uh, we're kind of counting our blessings, as it were, that um, she's gonna make a full recovery and. Uh, It seems like she's going to be home by the end of the week. You know, in in and out of the hospital with hip surgery in under a week. Uh, Long road to recovery in terms of rehab, but, you know, progress has been made. That being said, uh, I will be at my parents' house for the foreseeable future during the days. They live near my kids' school, and when mom gets home, I'm going to want to be around to help her as well. So... Uh, Because my dad's got to work and he can't work virtually. So I will be helping out mom around the house as well, wherever possible. So I'm in a situated in my mom's basement, like we always knew I would be, almost 40 years old. So if I sound a little different for the next little while, it's because I'm using a different mic. If you don't love the fake wood background, I can't help you with that. I'm working with what I got. So. Moms broke her hip. <laughs> she, went, she went... She She goes from 60 to 80 with one freak accident. But she's in good spirits. Did you have a good Halloween? How was your Halloween? If you have pictures of your kids in your Halloween costume, send them to me. I like uh, you know, that. It's the best part about Halloween as an adult, in my opinion. Is seeing the little ones and going, Oh my god, you're a little princess. It's so cute. Um... But I just want to say this about Halloween. It's a weird day as an parent. Because you stress stranger danger. You stress don't eat candy. You stress don't walk in the road. And then on Halloween, all of those rules go out the window. Go knock on that door. Go ask for free candy. Put on this mask that rest- restricts your vision. Let's walk in the road. <laughs> it's dark and raining. I'm going to put you all in black. These are not things we normally do as parents, but uh, for one day, we try to get everyone to kind of suspend belief. Also, I don't know if you've heard that. There's a bird near me. I have, a, I, have a, I have a guest near me at my parents' basement, a bird, bird named Bo. It's a pretty bird. Not very talkative, but in case you hear him in the background, that's part of the show now he's my co-host um, so it's just a weird day where and like as a parent I don't like it I don't like the day um, it's something else you have to contend with did you did you bring the did, did you bring the costumes for the school no not the good costume for school because he'll get it dirty so you got to have the secondary crappy costume for school that he can get dirty and wreck who cares uh, and then we gotta change them into the real costume before we go trick-or-treating, and you got to go late, but not too late. Do you eat something before you go? Is it dinner time yet, or like, do we have a snack? Maybe a snack, and then afterwards? How much candy are we going to let them eat? (laughs) Bedtime's normally 7.30, but tonight's going to be 9 o'clock, which means tomorrow's going to be a nightmare. It's just like a shitty, shitty day as a parent. So, uh, to all the parents who survived it, hats off to you. I hope you are stealing your favorite snacks from their from their bag and enjoying yourself and if you're not a parent and you listen to this there's some who listen they just find me entertaining uh, i hope you went to the convenience store today and got really cheap snacks for yourself i'm going to stay on uh what are we got next on my list oh swimming lessons swimming lessons is on my list next and this is a short one i want to talk to you about swimming lessons We've Got. Um, Swimming lessons feels like one of those essential things to me as a parent that you enroll your kid in, uh, and I'm with two boys. I'm I'm designated as the guy to take them through the change room, and and hand them off to the perfectly capable fourteen year old to teach them how to swim. They da- damn those kids look young. I'm like like. Are you sure you're going to teach my three-year-old anything? Because my three-year-old is a pain in the ass. Are you sure you're okay with doing this? Uh, so I, uh, but you, you have to do it. you got to learn how to swim. got to learn how to swim. It's fun and it's, it's an essential skill. So you sign them up. And this happens literally every year. I never know. What uh, what grade? I'm doing air quotes for those listening. Grade they go in. Because they don't have grades, do they? It's not junior kindergarten swimming lessons and then grade one, two, three. You know, normal stuff. It's always like, oh, tadpole and frog and salamander and beaver and and uh, polar bear. I, like They have weird names. So... When the 13 or 14-year-old instructor comes over and says, I'm looking for all of the salamanders. Salamanders, come here. It is at that moment that I realize I have once again forgotten to ask my wife what they're in. Literally every year, I have no idea. I stand there and I go, I just kind of wait to see. Where kids who have approximately the same size go, and I'm like, I think I think he's a salamander. Is he is he in your salamander class? And they look at it, they listen, they go, yeah, he's in my salamander class. I say, perfect. And then I walk with the bigger one, and I say, I think I think he's a beaver. Are, are, do you have beavers? Is is he in your class? And they say, yeah, he's in my class. I say, okay, great. These are your instructors. Go forth and learn how to swim. Uh, the big one who normally has the anxiety, uh, no problem at all, loved it. His fear of water, or his love of water, let me say, is greater than his anxiety. So he had a blast. The three-year-old, though, this was his, uh, because of COVID, this was kind of like his first class without me and my wife being visible. So we had a problem the first day. (laughs) He had a meltdown. And while he could see us through the glass window it wasn't enough he couldn't just walk up to us and this was like the first time he's had that normally you know with a six-year-old we got him in preschool and and uh you know mommy and me classes and things like that where the parents sometimes disappear for a little bit and they get used to having a teacher guide this was the three-year-old's first full experience with that um so he had a meltdown and after about 15 minutes of pretty heavy crying, I went out there. And I tried to calm him down, and I literally, kneeling at the edge of the pool, I look like a total idiot, but these are the things you do as a parent. I feel like, as much as I felt like an idiot, I'm also like, this is kind of a good dad move. I'm not going to toot my own horn, but I'm like, eh, I'm, I'm embarrassing myself for the for the love of my children. That's a good thing. And then... uh whole class ended up being a total write-off in terms of getting him to participate, but he, I didn't take him out of the class. I didn't let him leave like he wanted. I made him stay in the water for the whole time. And then at the end, I said to, to uh, the teacher, again, lovely 14-year-old person, I said, do you want me to do that next time or do you want me to just leave him? Like, do you want to just kind of handle this on your own or do you want me to step in and parent? And she's like, please don't come back out. <laughs> gotcha, received. So on the second class, the second class, I did that, and uh, he cried, and he screamed his ass off, and I, I, this time I literally had to hand him over to this uh, nice lady, and, and she carried him into the water, Other uh, kids just kind of doting behind her, and a parent friend of mine watched while I stayed hidden, and she was giving me updates. She was like, He's still crying. He's, he's he's looking for you. He's calling for you. And then it was like, oh, he's calmed down. Oh, he's doing the rocket ship. Oh, he dunked his head. Oh, he's fine. And I'm like, awesome. 14-year-old girl knew better than I did. As a parent, the 14-year-old girl knew better than I did. Hmm? What are you going to do? She nailed it. Just goes to show, your kids are fine just leave them the hell alone. Helicopter parenting. You want to do it, but it's, uh, it's counterintuitive. They need, to, they need to do it themselves. Taking on my glasses here because something's in my eye. I'm just going to leave this part in. I'm not going to edit it out because that's what you like about this experience. This isn't a polished podcast. This is a talk and a conversation between friends. This is a chance for you to, to say, I relate to that. Or, man, that is funny. Or, man, that's stupid. Or, man, that's that's wildly racist. Why would he say that? Uh, 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 let's talk about the pumpkin patch. Because it leads into one of my favorite conversations. Uh, mental health. And then we'll get out of here on Elon Musk. Uh, so, uh, two weeks ago, I went to a pumpkin patch. As you know... And if you're a first-time listener, maybe you don't know, but I suffer from social anxiety. When I was first diagnosed with it, they called it extreme social anxiety. I think probably now it's just social anxiety. I don't think it gets extreme anymore. But I have social anxiety. I avoid a lot of social situations. I have gone out of my comfort zone for my children on a regular basis. See my therapist, I want to say monthly, every other month or so and uh and we i've been on this journey for the last several years but there was something about the pumpkin patch this year that i just was like i'm not feeling this today i'm not feeling this I, i was out of my comfort zone and i think there was an element of it was a bit last minute it was kind of like a oh it's a beautiful day why don't we go um and it wasn't just a pumpkin patch it was like a like a farm deal, a little petting zoo, and bouncy things, and and hay bale rides, and corn maze. Like it was a it was a big event sort of thing, a big costly event, twenty bucks a head. But it was a it was a thing plus food and whatever. It's a costly day, but kids had a ball. I didn't have a ball. I had fun. I had as much fun as I could watching my kids have fun, and um. But I noticed my anxiety was high um, throughout much of the day. There was a few things that probably impacted it. One, like I said, it was kind of a, a last-minute decision. It wasn't something we had planned out where I could kind of mentally prepare and do a little research. This was a place that it was kind of like, "Oh, we're going to do this," and I was like, "Cool." Um, because if I said no, I'd be getting in my own way again. Or if I start to, if I say no to these things, I kind of let the the anxiety win. So I didn't want that. I was like, yeah, absolutely. And I kind of realized that after I say yes, I just have to deal with the anxiety. (laughs) Like, that's coming. How bad is it going to be? Totally depends. The other thing was, I'd never been to this place before. So I didn't know the layout, I didn't know where things were, I didn't know the timings. Where are the bathrooms? Where's the food? When do we have to leave? Like all these little things that I kind of mentally check for with my anxiety, uh, to make sure that I feel more comfortable about my surroundings and who I may have to interact with. They all, I, they all went out the window. It was just, it was total unknown, total unknown, no parking situation. I don't know what it's like. Ended up having to park in another field, which was amazing. Cause that was fun. Um, I don't even know if I'm being sarcastic on that, but I had to park in a field. Um, so the anxiety was high throughout the whole day. I kind of ebbed and flowed a little bit, and I did my best to kind of get through the day. But what happened the next day was even more surprising to me. I had what could only be described as an anxiety hangover. I was exhausted. I was irritable. I felt terrible. And I felt like I was kind of dwelling on the day before. Um, and reliving kind of certain moments and, and just and, and playing it and I just felt like, ugh. It was a beautiful day at a farm with my family and some friends. Friends I genuinely like. Not even friends I fake like. You know who you are. Um, and so from that standpoint, there was no anxiety. It was just the activity itself and the fact that I had to potentially interact with people kicked my ass emotionally so badly that the next day, I needed like a day to recover. Um. And you don't get that as a parent. You don't. You don't get that day, um, to kind of recover. You still have to play, and you have to be on your A game, and you know, feed them fruits and veggies. You can't just feed them chips and iPad all day. It'd be easy. It'd be easier if you just did it, but you can't. Um, so, you know, the the anxiety hangover uh, took over, and it. I, I just tweeted out something generic like, "Man." No one talks about the anxiety hangover. And then people started chiming in. Yeah, what is it about that? Yeah, it takes a lot out of you. Yeah, it wipes your... (laughs) And then um, my man, Brittle Star. If you don't know Brittle Star, Stuart Reynolds, um, you've definitely seen his videos online. He chimed in and um, just words of encouragement. Let's say I'm going to read them here for you and show them on the screen if you're watching. Uh, He says, anxiety is a dickhead. Outside is good. Exercise is good. Breathing exercises are good. Reminding yourself you've already survived your previous worries and you'll probably survive many, many more is good. And then he did the little heart emoji and uh, the fist pound uh, emoji there. So, you know, Brittle Star, what a guy. Um, You know, he's one of the first celebrities, I'm doing air quotes again, he's a celebrity but I'm going to do air quotes um, that uh, started to engage with me and he's been a big supporter and um, always there with a kind word I put a tweet out about an anxiety hangover he doesn't need to do that but you know, truer words have not been said anxiety is a dickhead so if you're struggling with the anxiety hangover, you're not alone I'm with you, reach out to me Um, As I've often said, when it comes to anxiety, depression, you ride the wave, and if you feel like you're drowning, you reach out for help. That's what we do. I'm going to end this pumpkin patch anxiety story on a little bit of humor. Because, inevitably, as someone who is... I, uh, I like to people watch. Part anxiety part necessary because i think i'm funny and i like to make fun of people uh yeah it's cruel yeah it's immature yeah it's mean it's who i am deal with it um so there was a, a couple of parents there was a woman in particular who just looking at her i was like that's why trash uh, that is why i know i am at a pumpkin batch barn thing uh and i just saw a, a cannon a pumpkin cannon smash a bunch of pumpkins but that woman is white trash and then she said her children's names who were running around her and i knew my mental assessment was correct uh and i'm gonna give her a southern accent here she wasn't southern but all rednecks are southern uh i heard her go i heard her go Bentley, maverick running around, Bentley and Maverick. That is some white trash names. If you're listening to this and you've named your children Bentley or Maverick, you've given your kids white trash names. And the kids were old enough that I think Maverick may have been in that sweet spot of John McCain (laughs) and Sarah Palin when they were calling themselves Mavericks. Uh... Bentley and Maverick, a car or a butler, I can see a butler being called Bentley, and uh, Maverick, Top Gun, or Sarah Palin, crazy white trash. And finally, birds drive me crazy. Making he, I don't know if you can hear I don't think you can hear him, but he's uh he's moving a lot. Doing that thing birds do where they fly. Piss me off. Uh we're gonna talk about Elon Musk buying Twitter. Um I only bring this up because I think it could impact um free speech a little bit or the perception of free speech. Uh it's Elon Musk is a strange cat. I think we all just, you know, even if you don't know much about him, you know, he's a strange cat. He announced his purchase of Twitter or or solidified it by walking into the building, holding a giant ceramic sink to say, symbolize, let that sink in. Okay. Okay. Elon, let that sink in. Got it. Funny, hilarious. Uh, he then uh, proceeded to fire a couple of the top executives and start to clean house there. So, here's some of the things I've got. I've got notes for this portion because it's uh, it's important. I'd be accurate. Uh, some have referred to what Twitter could become as a hellscape, because the immediate spike in hateful language um, was something like 500 percent. A lot of people viewed this as similar to when Trump got elected. A lot of those races kind of became emboldened and they started to make themselves present. They weren't hiding so much in the the, the corner closets or their mom's basements. I'm in my mom's basement. That's kind of funny. Anyways, uh, so could be a hellscape. could become a hellscape. Um, what else has he said? A lot of celebrities said, yeah, I think I'm going to take a pause. On Twitter. I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna step back and see how this all shakes out. Um, some advertisers have said they're gonna pause and suspend advertising. I think they want to see how it plays out and what type of changes Elon has in mind because he's known for these big, drastic changes. Um, you know, for for all of his flaws, uh, he's a visionary, and he he puts his visions into action, and he has amassed enough money fairly or unfairly he's amassed a fortune uh, that puts him in a position to do it and he likes to be center stage he likes showtime he's got a bit of that kind of Trumpism ego and I keep calling referring to him Trump nothing has directly said to me like oh he's clearly uh, a racist he's a bit of a crazy person He's an eccentric. But if I had more money than God, I would also be eccentric. I would have some crazy ideas as well. I might buy Twitter if I had enough money just because. I would make myself the only blue checkmark and deplatform everyone else. <laughs> but but this is something he's think he's, he's talked about doing. So For those of you who maybe aren't on Twitter, um, something that he implemented or that was implemented last year was something called Twitter Blue for $4.99 a month. And for $4.99 a month, you get certain access to things that other people don't. One is like almost no ads in your feed. Uh, Two is the ability to edit your tweet within 30 minutes up to five times within a 30-minute time frame. So in case you make a spelling mistake, you can kind of go back and clean it up and that kind of sort of thing. Uh, And there's some other benefits. And it's, you know, it's a small thing, $4.99 a month. I know some people who have it. It is what it is. Elon has said that what he wants to do is make sure that every blue check mark, all of those verified accounts, has to be enrolled in Twitter blue and the price of Twitter Blue is gonna go up to like twenty bucks a month. And he wants this done within like two weeks. Interesting. Bold strategy. Bold strategy. I have applied for a blue check mark several times. Uh, I keep getting declined. I'm not important enough, apparently. But at twenty bucks ahead. 20 bucks a month. I don't think I don't think your average journalist is gonna do it. You know? Yeah, I think, uh, I think the major corporations of the world's Wendy's, Nike, Coca-Cola, those sort of things, they're going to continue to pay. It's a 20 bucks a month to 200 bucks, less than $300 a year to a major corporation who gives a shit, um, to make sure they have that blue check mark and kind of protect their brand image. So in case some Jack, uh, almost called them a jag off. That would have been harsh for this show. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, <laughs> some idiot decides to create a fake Wendy's account and post it, post something derogatory, they'll know, okay, it didn't come from the official account. And I think a mega celebrity, I think if uh, Brad Pitt, uh, George Clooney, Julia Roberts, whoever, I'm thinking of really old celebrities, but um, that people of that ilk want to protect their brand, Bill Gates, whoever um they'll pay the minor $300 a, a, a year to make sure that they have their blue check mark so that anybody who tries to claim it was them blah, blah 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 um but i think all of those journalists and i say journalists cuz i know a lot of journalists who have the blue check mark um, i am friends with a number of them who are just like i don't have $240 of disposable income <laughs> it's not it's not in my budget to give you $300 for a blue check mark Um, you know, I'm not so famous that I need to protect my brand that much, but it helped, right? It helps promote them. Um, but I would just as likely spend $300 on advertising, uh, that nerd dad podcast somewhere else, um, where it might have more impact. Like I would love to promote this show more on YouTube, or I would love to drop a commercial through Instagram where my followers are. My followers ne- aren't necessarily on Twitter. I've met a lot of really cool people through Twitter, but it hasn't been where um the great majority of my content lives. If I were going to pay for advertising, I'd probably pay through TikTok or Spotify or Apple Podcast. Like I don't think of Twitter as my advertising. I think of Twitter as a platform for me to to communicate and share and talk. But that is just an extension of it's a it's a better version of Facebook, and I think it's easily replicated to a great extent. So while I understand that he's going to kind of create like a a Twitter tax for some of the uber rich and the biggest celebrities out there, uh, and that'll drive revenue for one year because you'll have a huge bump, right? He'll have a huge bump on his spreadsheet. I don't know what the long term plan is. I don't see how he makes it better than what it already is. It's a free-flowing idea. If you really want to make it better, reduce the bots. Reduce the, fa- the spam. Uh, or work on the hate speech. Or do the opposite. And don't do anything. And say it's a free-for-all. And let hate speech run wild. And then let the market decide. Because I think the, the market would decide, we'll find a new platform. Twitter's had a good run. Facebook's end is Facebook's run is starting to end. Twitter's had a good run in this little realm. So maybe uh, maybe this pushes people enough the other direction. It all depends. Do I think it'll become a hellscape? I don't think so. Do I think he's going to charge twenty bucks a month for Twitter Blue? Yeah. Do I think I'll, there will be at least one year where you can sucker? Some low level, B level, C level individuals into paying for it so they can say, hey, I'm verified on Twitter. But it won't mean anything. It just means you have $20 a month. It used to mean something. It used to be a prestige thing. I've got my check mark. I'm, I'm legit. Got my check mark. Now it might just mean you have 20 extra bucks a month. Yeah, instead of going to the movies every month, once a month, I. Uh... Verified on t- on Twitter. Kind of a big deal. I think that's what we're going to call it. That's the show. It feels, feels like a good place to end it. Where's my button here? Uh, that's it. Game over. 30-minute solo show. Haven't done that in a while. Can't say I've done it in a very long time. Uh, obviously, look, with me being kind of in between homes... And not really sure where I'm going to be on a week to week basis. It's not fair of me to try and book a guest unless I can commit a certain time and feel, and feel good about it. So might be a couple more weeks like this where we do a few more just Joe shows. Uh, I encourage you to hit subscribe, follow along on, uh, YouTube. I'm starting to clip out the best of that nerd dad interviews, uh, solo rants that I go on and I'm putting that on the YouTube channel. You can of course find me on TikTok and, uh, Twitter if I'm still there Facebook, Instagram, all that stuff but uh, I just want to say thank you I really do You know, God knows you could have been with me through so much changes in my life and I greatly appreciate it I want to thank Dean home of Canada's number one podcast network including yours truly uh, we have a big announcement coming through there soon soon, I keep being told it's soon but there's a big announcement coming and uh, it's exciting stuff, and it could mean more for that nerd dad. Yours truly, might uh, yeah, we'll see how it plays out. I don't want to give away too much, but uh, he's working on some big stuff over there. Also, want to thank Mom Cave TV. Mom Cave TV and I have partnered up. I've got my first blog post up there. I am working on my second one right now, and uh, we'll continue to grow that partnership and relationship. So head over to MomCaveTV.com. And then finally, I've got merch. Christmas is coming. (laughs) You're not buying a shirt for Christmas, but you should. Head over to Dean Blundell's store. I've got Zero Days Without a Dad Joke. World's okay as dad. Raised by Homer, Peter, Stan, and Bob, and of course that nerd dad. All available in a wide variety of colors and sizes. So that's it. That's the show uh, coming to you live from my parents' basement. I'll be here next week probably solo maybe with a guest maybe' we'll grab we'll bring a guest in but probably solo just keep my expectations realistic thanks for listening thanks for watching be well and be safe thanks for listening damn Subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era. Welcome to Mars. Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at TheAllyMars.com. Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate. What happens when we play outside? We become healthier, both mentally and physically. We become more creative and more focused. We connect with nature, each other, and ourselves.